there, get ready. You are now listening to Talk of the Town with Jill and Carmen, the one and only podcast for the Mount Mansfield community. It doesn't matter if you just moved into the area or you are a fifth-generation Vermonter. This podcast is sure to delight you and inform you. Go ahead, sit back, and relax. Here are your hosts, Jill and Carmen. Hello and welcome to Talk of the Town. I'm here with Carmen. Hello. How are you, Carmen? I'm doing pretty good. Sun awesome. is shining. Yeah, May has May has sprung, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yeah. I'm glad sun's back. You know why they call this month May? Mm, tell me. Because it may rain, it may snow, or you may have sunshine, right? <laughs> <laughs> we have we have definitely seen that here. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, you yeah. know what what is it? March winds, April showers and May flowers. No, well, that's the way it's supposed to be in, in other parts of the country, but here in Vermont. Well, flowers are out at my house though. But there's flowers, but then you also <laughs> have to cover them because it might frost or yeah. they might be covered in snow. Yeah, like we did the last couple nights. <laughs> Yeah, it's like somebody's uh, white Christmas from Wish just arrived. <laughs> That's funny. My daughter was driving with her driver's ed. And the driver, the, the instructor and herself were like, is that snow? And the driver's like, the instructor's like, nah, that's got to be like the little petals that are just flying around, you know, coming off the leaves or whatever, the bushes. <laughs> and then when it hits the windshield, it melts. Yeah. <laughs> like nope i yep this is may and it's snowing it's snowing <laughs> yeah no it's not frozen dandelion pollen this is snow <laughs> oh my gosh it is hilarious yeah if I mean, you parts... just moved here hey welcome to vermont that's right? right it's funny parts of my lawn when i go down to the chickens you know some parts are cut are are hidden i don't i don't know like why it's hidden i mean it's exposed Me it's... to the skies but but large chunks are not don't have frost, and then I go down to the chicken house and just somewhere in there you've got this big huge patch that has tons of frost and it's like you better be careful you're gonna slip. Yeah, you don't want to slip in the chicken coop. <laughs> and it's like okay, come on, it's May, it's the end of May. It is, yeah. Well, almost. I have seen it snow on Memorial Day weekend in Vermont. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen it snow in June. <clears throat> Don't talk like that. <laughs> well, when we were in Maine. Yeah, Maine. See, <laughs> you're in Vermont. It doesn't snow in June. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. That's funny. Well, talking about May. And Memorial Day. That's right. We have some things that are happening the next uh, couple weeks here. We've got uh, open studios. We do. Yeah. Well, um. Open Studios. What is Open Studios? Well, Open Studios is where in the state of Vermont. In all, Vermont. In Vermont. We're talking Vermont here. Um, all the art, well, all, those who choose to um, open their studio, mm-hmm. the artists, whether they're a sculptor, a painter, uh, you know, a craftsman of some sort, um, they open their studio for the weekend. And that is Memorial Day weekend. You know, Right. Yeah. Memorial Day is Monday, but that weekend, 
prior to that, Saturday and Sunday, you can look online. You go to uh, Vermont uh, Open Studios, I believe, and you'll find the, the calendar. And in whatever region you, ch- you want to go visit, you'll find all the studios that have par- are participating. And then you can go and, and visit. You can visit the studios. You can see your favorite artists. Yeah, or meet new ones. Meet new ones, yeah. There's and a- plan for Christmas in July, <laughs> since it's still snowing here in May. Yeah. <laughs> Buy your Christmas presents or decorate your home. or. But I think it's important to get out and support local art. That's right. Yeah. And yard sales. And yard sales. <laughs> it's becoming yard sale season. Yeah, there's some in Jericho already that weekend, I hear. There is, and and then the following weekends and the following weekends. It's it's yard sale season, and what one man's junk is another man's treasure, <laughs> That's right? That's right. Or it could be an artist's new creation. Hey, I think it's really cool. My son gave me this present. I forget what it was for, Christmas. It was a rock that the, the artist shaped, mm-hmm. and then he put little teeny pebbles all over it like it's the ground. But then he embedded in the rock wire that has been twisted into roots and a trunk and branches. Wow. And so it became a tree. And then off each branch, he hung little stones of the same color, like, you know, um, tourmaline or, you know, like uh, the turquoise, whatever that, that particular thing is called. I forget. But anyway, and so all these little stones are hanging like they're leaves. And it's homemade. It's someone else's junk, you know, the wire they throw away or whatever. And they created this thing, and it's beautiful. I I think that's one of my favorite um, types of art is when somebody uses reclaimed wood or reclaimed metal, metal, any of those things, and they, they take something and they make something beautiful out of it. Material. There Mm -hmm. is a a style of Japanese art, and I cannot think of the name of what this is. Maybe if one of our listeners knows, they can email us. Um, But they take broken plates, and they put it back together, and they put gold in between it. Oh, I've seen that. I don't know what that's called. Yeah, I forget. It's like a mosaic of sorts. It is, but it's one of those things that, you know, something that was broken and probably not good is now actually extra beautiful. Yeah. There's a message in there for somebody, but that's not for us today. <laughs> no, we're just, we're, we're. Yeah, we're, we're not we're, serious like that. <laughs> no, we appreciate art. Let's put it that way. We definitely do. Yeah. So that's happening this weekend and we have something else that's going on. We do. Uh, Memorial Day weekend's coming up. That's right. Yeah. Uh, on Monday, the 31st. Is that what that is? No. I think it's the 29th. 29th. Well, you know. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. That Monday. <laughs> that Monday. There is a parade, and we want you to come and watch it or yes. come and be part of it because some special guests have made it possible. Right. And, um, yeah, and they ha- normally have a service after, um, and they they just talk about, you know, the veterans and what they've had to go through to give us the country we have today. So. Yeah. Right? I, it's, it's Memorial true. Day. We're m- remembering those who have gone before us. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't really care what side of the political spectrum you're on. Right. Um, America is a great country because whether you love it or you hate it, you can say so and not have to worry that the government's going to shoot you. 
Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. But yeah, so so that's happening Memorial Day, and um, to talk a little bit more about that, we uh, interviewed Mr. We ha- Becker. Yeah, we had a great conversation with him. Yeah, and you know he's he's an older man, eighty eight. He's been doing this for thirty years, running the parade here and and the service. Um, and so we had that conversation with him. You we, may you may not hear it fully. So this Explain was that a little th- bit. This was one of those conversations that uh, it's like an old time doctor. We made a house call. Yes, we did. We made a house call because he was ill, but he was willing. He was willing to have this conversation, and so we went and we spoke with him. And because of the situation, uh, some of his audio is hard to get. And he may be a little hard to understand at times. But we went ahead and did it anyway because we wanted to honor him and his effort for the last 30 years to do this and for the impact that it has in the community. And he'll talk a little bit about that, I think. He'll talk a lot a bit about um, it. <laughs> how it impacted some others um, who, needed, who needed it, other, you know, veterans. Um, and so we, did, we thought it was important enough to listen to. I definitely think it's important yeah. enough to listen to. So let's do that. So one of the things that um, brought us to you is that you do the uh, the Memorial Day parade here right. in, in Underhill and Jericho. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get involved with that? Well, it was during Desert Storm. Everybody was gone. And uh, Shad Emerson was kind of taken over. Some woman wrote a letter in that highly insulted him, and he quit. And she's going to take over. Well, she was going to have a just a thing down at the school with a with a, a different people there. And, <coughs> and uh, so I got a call. I didn't like that. I got a call from the town fathers to meet them down at the mill. <coughs> so I went down and said, "What did you want to do, Richard?" I said, "Well, like we've done here for." Since we've been doing it. Well, okay. Well, would you take it over? Well, I didn't want to, but I figured, well, I have to. So we called the woman over that was supposed to run it and told her what we were going to do. And that was what we always did. Well, that ain't what I had planned. I said, well, that's what we're going to (laughs) do. And I've had it ever since. What's that, about 30 years now? Wow. I don't know. I've had it a long time. I'm going to try to spread it out, though. As I say, I'm 85. It's about time to make sure <coughs> we take it over because we run it. We got this strictly by veterans. There's no politicians or anything like that. And people with a business, they can come in the parade with a truck, with a truck and, but it has to be decorated. And uh, so one person, he was completely recluse. And I finally got him to come just to see it. He ended up coming in the parade. When he seen how he did it, he never missed one. Now he's in the uh, veteran's home. He had bought, he had his one leg blown off. His other leg was messed up. And the, the woman he was gone with, who became his wife, said, what did you guys do to him? Why, what do you mean? He's an entirely different. 
So the support that you, you yeah, guys give one another, was really. another guy like that. And uh, so our parade really helps people. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, it's not a ceremony. It's a, it's a memorial is what it is. Yep. Would you say it helps bring healing then? Yes, it does. And that's uh, really part of it. It has brought a lot of healing. That's cool. I know the one guy, he uh, had problems. One of the guys had problems. He was so impressed with it, he went out and he bought a, a, a light uh, troop carrier so that guys that can't march could ride in a troop carrier. And he's never missed one. So if somebody wanted to, to support the parade or get involved with it, what would they do? Get involved with it. <laughs> It's not a big deal. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. I just have to get guys going. You know, I call some guys up and get a whole music teacher and uh, things like that. It's really no big problem. The biggest problem is putting the flags out in the cemetery. Got over 300 of them. Of course, they got help uh, some guys from other cemeteries. Right. The one in Underhill, that's a big one. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So what what are you doing with those flags? What do those flags represent? They go on each veteran's grave. Yep. To honor them. Yeah, every year we put a new flag up. Mm-hmm. So there's 300 people from Underhill? Oh, who have, at least 300, probably more. Have given their lives to, to this country. So what towns do you do that with? Jericho and Underhill? Yeah. Okay. And I belong to Legion over in the Jeffco. I march in the parade on 1st of July. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned about needing to pass it on. You've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. Um, what would you, what are you looking for in someone? Well, I'd because like somebody those... to do the rest of the play. And, uh, well, uh, it's two, three guys that have volunteered to help out. So it gradually get them regimentated to what to do. And, and it isn't hard once you know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, they want to keep it like we've been doing it, particularly a veteran's name. The uh, woman from uh, Jericho that's in the office there, I don't know what position she is. She's pretty high up. She's on TV saying how proud she is of our parade. It's strictly run by veterans. I've seen it, and I, it's a very impressive parade. It is. We go every. We yeah. go. Every, we try to go every year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like that. Uh, like you said, there's no politicians. No. There's, there's no campaigning. It's it's set up to, to memorialize yeah. those who have given their lives. Somebody called up. Well, so and so is. He's a veteran, and he's in the parade. I just no. He, she says he's a. Oh, he's he's a. Oh, forget what I was representative. He's in the parade. I said, yeah, but he's a veteran, and, he, and there's no politicians. Right. He's a veteran. He, are you a veteran? Well, no. I said, well, if you were, you could march with us. Right. But there's no politics. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. So it's 50, 50 years you lived in this area. A little over 50 years. 
Okay. Right here. What are some changes that you've seen in this area? Got built up. Who <laughs> <laughs> yep. built up? Mm -hmm. I like it the way it was. Have you seen? Have you seen? You know, from when you started thirty years ago, has the parade like built up? Like, was it really small back then, and it grew? I would say it's built up. Mm hmm. But not a heck of a lot. There always was a parade. Do you happen to know, like, how many people right now in Jericho and Underhill that are serving? That are in the service? Yeah. No, I don't. Okay. Like, when I was younger, everybody got draft military. Not everybody went, though. They all got ways of getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, we know they're out there. Yeah. Do you work at all with the um, the guard here? No, no. not really. A little bit. Maybe. Do they have anything to do with the parade? Not so much ours, but over in uh, Jericho. I might have to get some to come here because guys have gotten old, mm -hmm. and there's no, and they're all riding in the trucks. But <laughs> I need people to carry the rifles and flags. So it would be nice to have more people join in, more veterans. Yeah, as many, yeah, I want all veterans to come in. Mm. All right. Well, I thank you very much for your time. That's all right. And for your service to this country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, Absolutely. my family served in every war that this country ever had. Okay. I belong to Sons of the American Revolution. Wow. Yeah, that's good. It is very good. Thank you so much. Well, welcome back. What'd you think? I thought that was a very fun conversation. Yeah, I, I'm just always amazed at... Um, you know, the stories that they have. And it can be sad, but uh, it does um, put things in perspective, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it sure does. Mm -hmm. uh, very interesting man. Yep. And I like the story about, um, you know, he took the time to share how it healed others who have been um, affected by serving. Yeah, we don't always know what somebody else has gone through. Yeah, so these services do impact, have an impact. So if you can, if you can come and support them, um, come see the parade, go to the memorial service. Cheer for them. Yeah, absolutely. Clap. Thank them whenever you see them. Yeah, you know, there's, uh, and, and I'm a sports fan, but there's guys getting millions of dollars a Sunday to throw a football or to catch a football um, where these are men who have paid the ultimate price. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and You can't measure that. You can't you, put a price on you, it. You can't. So uh, if we're going to cheer and clap for, you know, a sports person or in a movie or something of that nature, let's cheer and clap for these 
real life heroes. Absolutely. Who paid the ultimate price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, now that we have made you cry. Yeah, and we failed to mention at the very beginning that we had a second interviewee. We do have another interviewee. We had a conversation with a young man who's got a wonderful business here in town, and uh, we've gotten to know him a little bit over the last year or so. Yeah, T.J. Fisher with uh, as a water boy house washing. Water boy house washing, yeah. T.J., um, he has done some work for us, for me, and uh, he's just a phenomenal person. His story is incredible. Uh, he's somebody who was willing to um, put it all on the line mm-hmm. to to provide for his wife and his kids, and uh, it was he was fun to talk to. His business is fantastic, and we really appreciate all that that he does and his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, why don't you uh, take a listen for yourself? Take a listen. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> sit back and relax. Well, hello. We are with TJ of the Waterboy House Washing. Thank you, TJ, for joining us today. Thank you guys Thank for you. having me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have a conversation about your business. Before we do, we always like to start off with a little uh, a little amusing conversation first to, to get it going. Uh, so the first question we have is, what is your most regrettable fashion choice? Uh, back in the early 90s, there was a trend, at least I thought it was a trend, of shiny jeans, and they were some kind of fancy. They did. I really regret wearing those because <laughs> picturing myself in those now is uh, pretty bad. They, they didn't go. They didn't go at all. And when I say shiny, they were like kind of silver. They, they were. They were special. It was like aluminum foil pants. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, I think I would have been wearing better wearing aluminum foil pants. <laughs> That's funny. Do you still have pictures of that? No. No. <laughs> no. Thank God. I'm sure we can go online. Yeah. And just picture you. Probably with those nowadays jeans. you never know what pops up. Put put in a name and uh, you're there. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. Well, how about if you could be in any movie, what would it be? Uh, Back to the Future. One of my favorite movies uh, ever, really. Like you, to this day, you could still see it on TV, and you're gonna stop and watch it. Um, the whole concept was great, especially in the '80s, and Michael J. Fox was awesome, and just the DeLorean. You can't go wrong with a DeLorean that can go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was an awesome movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. A couple nights ago, actually. Uh... I, I was flipping through the TV and it was on yeah. and I caught myself. I, I mean, I got it right in the beginning and I watched the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, there was a few things I had forgotten. I guess it had been a few years since I'd seen yeah. it. I was like, oh, wow, that happens in this one. I've seen it so many times too and I still see things that I missed in the beginning. Yeah. And it's fun, like movies of that era have the same, like you do the same thing, like, I caught myself with Ghostbusters last weekend. I was going through the station, and it was on TV. And Of course, I had to stop on it and watch it. And it was one, two, and three, so I was melted to the couch. <laughs> they do that on purpose, obviously. But of course. The, the good movie era. Not such a fan of today's movies. but mm-hmm. Well, I've been rewatching movies because our kids. Did you watch this? Did you watch it? Oh, 
oh, well, let's go watch it. And so we went through the phase of watching all the older movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you when we've been to weddings lately, our family's had a lot of weddings. Yeah. The music is the same. Oh, yeah. It's like they're playing our music from when we grew up, all the old time music. And I'm like, they love it. I can do a chicken dance at any wedding. Yeah. I cannot stand that. <laughs> anyway. Don't get me started about the music today. <laughs> yes, I'll I st- agree. I'll start sounding like an old curmudgeon. <laughs> we, we don't want that. Yeah. I like good music. Yeah. Not today's music. <laughs> All right. So what is the funniest or the craziest thing that you've ever done? Um, I'm a pretty mellow person. Uh, I will say the craziest thing I think I could have done is taken a jump and start my own business. With, without any kind of education and owning your own business, that would be probably it, it is one of the scariest moves one can make. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, especially when like I had a career as an HVAC ductwork installer, and I took an injury where I couldn't do that anymore. So I needed to do something that I was familiar with, but basically use that as my full income source. So it, it that that would probably be the craziest thing i've done mm-hmm. how about the funniest funniest thing i've done um i had a break dance dance off with a, i think it was like a 10 year old kid at a wedding <laughs> and he smoked me <laughs> and i can't break dance anyway but he could and at my age that's i'm not even that old but my body's beat up so. ah, but you puffed him up a little oh, bit yeah. gave him some yeah, confidence it, it was it was awesome it was a good time <laughs> It was a good time. We had a whole ring and everything around us. It was it was awesome. He had a blast. I know that for sure. So that's what it's all about, too, is making kids happy. Sure. So it's probably the funniest thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this won't be so funny, okay. but I'm sure there's funny parts of it. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself okay. and um, and then your business? Yeah. So I, I, I've been in Vermont my whole life, 40 years. I grew up in Shelburne. I now live in Starksboro. Um, I have a family who means the world to me. My wife, Kelly, and my daughter, Chloe. And I also have another daughter, Lindsay, Chelsea, and Nick. My oldest son, well, he's 21. My oldest daughter's 28. We have six grandkids that keep us extremely busy. Wouldn't change it for the world, though. Um, We are very family-oriented people. My wife is the one who taught me how to really be good at that because um, she is the best. Uh, and my daughter, Chloe, she's a huge heart, so she's pretty much I learned from her too. Um, as far as business, I have been a hard worker since I was pretty much allowed to walk or able to walk. Uh, he's, my grandfather owns excavating business to this day. He's 86 now, and he still runs runs an excavator. Wow. Um, used to help him. My dad, well, made me feel like I helped him lay lawns and all that stuff. But <laughs> I had my first job when I was 10, counting cans. Then I started my own lawn mowing business when I was in grade school, a couple lawns here and there, and just always been a hard worker. I'm not one to sit around. Um, and then I took on HVAC from pretty much 2000 till last year and that was when I started the Waterboy House Washing. Oh, a year before last sorry. Just during COVID, mid-COVID which was difficult for anybody really. 
So to, to add on to your craziness, not only did you start a business, but you started it in the midst of the, the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was yeah, okay, yeah. That's, a very sketchy situation. Yeah, you are crazy. Um the good thing with my where I wasn't too concerned about COVID on my business side of things was because I, I, I sanitize surfaces. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of helped my business a little bit. Plus I'm able to do remote uh, estimates and I could do a walk around houses by myself without having any interaction with customers. But I, I prefer customer interaction, mm-hmm. client interaction, I should say. I, I don't call my clients customers. I, I, I value them too much to call them a customer. It feels like where customers come and go, client is somebody you keep hmm. for forever pretty much yeah um, and, and I, I like the nature of having one-on-one conversations and making friends with the people i work with um it brings in comfort that they can trust me and my reliability um i really did not have a bad time during covid the hardest thing during covid for my business was getting my product yeah because shipping was mm-hmm very very difficult and the prices of everything just skyrocketed and that that would be the other like aspect that really that only affected my business was the the cost versus work ratio i had to raise my prices quite a bit to be able to even out pretty much Um, i'm trying to come back down to a more comfortable rate but it's still everything is still at the top dollar where it it needs to come with inflation now it's the talk of inflation i should say it's still keeping things at a high level we were paying like three dollars a gallon some places a dollar a gallon for some of our cleaners and now it's up to like nine ten dollars it's pretty big skyrocket still yeah it sure is yeah so tell me then how does one educate for running a business such as yours did you go to school no i I had after high school i i went right to work um i never did an after never did college or tech school or any of that um my drive and motivation to be successful is what really got me to where i'm at but you were in the trades right yeah so i've always been in the trades that's training yeah so there's a hands-on learning oh yeah for sure being in the trades really Anybody that is listening and is thinking about it in a younger age, I strongly recommend even just trying it for two years. The amount of knowledge that you learn in the trades to the world, you can apply to the real world today, is so valuable. Like you can, any kind of problem on the fly, you learn to troubleshoot in the trades, you Mm -hmm. will take it to life. And you learn to fix a lot of things. Even if you're not experienced in it, you'll learn how to fix it because everything works the same way. And, yeah. And once you d- discover that and like figure out the main mechanism that makes like say a motor broke down for a pump or for a bike or whatever, you figure out the main situation why that runs the way it does and what could be making it not work, you're able to fix it. And the way you learn that is when you're in the field and something breaks and say it's a blower wheel, blower motor you have the same components pretty much it's just powered differently and if that stops it from working you're going to go check those two spots that you figure might be causing it and if those aren't it then it's the main motor and you're you have to replace that part but it's things can be applied that you learn from 
trade work. And that's just my HVAC side of things, but I know like welding, there's other things that you can take. I think I, I'm friends with a few welders who teach me things still. Um, the trades is a very important thing to learn. As far as self-educating, so I, I started out six or seven years ago doing the pressure washing thing. Because um, I saw people doing it and I thought it would just be a uh, easy couple hundred bucks here and there. It That was a wrong way to look at it because there is a lot more to house washing than just going to the store buying a pressure washer and pressure washing a house mm -hmm. um, it, to pressure wash a house first off it takes you forever um, second off it's not the right way to do it you can really cause some damage and third the amount of time that these guys spend to get to the business that they have is unbelievable um I, after two years of doing pressure washing, I was only getting like three or four houses a year, uh, which wasn't a big deal to me because I already had a full-time job, so it was just a few extra bucks. Um, after studying it and watching a lot of YouTube and befriending some people who have very successful businesses down south, like Southeast Soft Wash and a guy named Jason Gammon, he's considered the king of pressure washing, uh, talking to them on a ritual basis taught me how to effectively operate and the methods and there's a guy named Aaron who he owns a school called Lean and Mean Academy who uh, I, I haven't talked to him but I watched his videos and he's the one that taught me the confidence in selling the product the way that it needs to be sold and myself as it needs to be sold not so much trying to just get a high dollar price and get in and get out it's what your focus is it's your client and making them happy. So generally, I so it depends on the size of the job. I'll schedule one house a day because I like to focus on that client and make sure that everything is done to their standards. If it's a gutter cleaning or like a dryer vent, I will do a dryer vent or a gutter cleaning and a house wash somewhere else in the day um, because that's only a couple hours worth of work. But I typically, when I do a full house wash, I schedule it just for a single day because I like to... Like, even in the middle, if, if the homeowner's there and I'm working, I'll pull them outside to watch what I'm doing to see what, what's what's happening so they have a knowledge of the moves that I take and the process that's done. Mm -hmm. I just feel like that's what I would want if I was the one that was paying for the product. Mm -hmm. It's a good answer. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. <laughs> There is a little bit of arrogance in this business. Um, you have to be good at what you do, or you're going to lose potential clients. Well, I mean, is I mean, not that arrogance is the word. Maybe it's just yeah. we're taking pride in what you do. Exactly, I take a lot and of pride. you you see your customer as number one or yeah. your client. I get that why you make it a client, not a customer. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's all about retaining that. Yeah. And how you're going to make your living if you can't retain so it's right. understanding how people operate right? and I'm, I'm honest too like I, I I get a lot so I I price on the higher side of things um, because that's where I value my work at and I do get a few people who opt not to go with me which is totally understandable um, I always give them the option though to give me a call if they're going to go with somebody if they want to have some input on 
the method that the person is doing, or I, I never put my competitors down. There's no benefit in doing that, period. Uh, I've even gone to clients' houses who never hired me to show them how to do it themselves, to help them save money, but so they know that it's done properly and safely. That's what it's all about for me, is making sure your property is protected the whole time that you're having these conversations. It's not just about making there's nothing wrong with arrogance if you can back it up, right? right. Yeah. You, I mean, when you're that good, you yeah. Just, yeah, you're just, just good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say that uh, you know, <clears throat> you're. I'm a client of yours. Yes, you guys are. Um, but in through that, that's why you're here, is because number one, you you didn't see me as a customer, but a client. Yeah. Um, you never said that to us, but but you did a fantastic job, and it wasn't like. Uh, you were in and out, and we never heard from you again. You came and you checked, and you've checked, and you still come in and check and, yep. and walk around the building and all of that. So I, I can comfortably say that um, you are as good as you say you are. I appreciate that. And and you give a, a great product, and uh, I, I don't feel that um, you took advantage. or I feel like the price was comparable to what the market is today. Yes. Of, of course, I would have liked it cheaper. Yes. Right? Yes. Who but doesn't? I, but I would like my gas cheaper, not, you know? Yeah. The, the grocery bill cheaper. Sure. And ultimately, you get what you pay for. And that, that's, 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 that's it. That's the big thing. It, you like, get I, what you pay for. Well, you pay for the other things. So if right. you keep coming around and checking your work and, and you offer people to call any time and you even offer other things right. um, beyond that, um, to all your clients, I mean, you know, that's like paying a ten percent discount to go get your braces. Yeah. But and you pay up front, but you have those services until no matter how many times you have to go if there's problems. Right. You're it. It's it's for that extent. Exactly. And um and so it's all about the service, I right? Guarantee satisfaction. Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. You're happy, or I come back. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's. Like a pride in a lot of trades lately has gone. People are in and out and doing shoddy work to be in and out to get to the next job, and I just don't think that's fair. Well, you know, right now, they, there's been a push for years now of math and science, math and science, and now right. they have way too many people in that field, and we're really lacking in the trades. Right. So now you're seeing the trend change, and now they're really advertising trades. I know. Because... It, Trades is what really gets keeps society going. It's scary to think that the trades are losing wins. It, it really is, especially growing up in the trades. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's what makes us us. You wouldn't have buildings if you didn't have trades. You wouldn't have products if you didn't have trades. Right. We'd That's be, what makes society move. We'd be living in caves again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Get right. out of the caveman, yeah. as, yeah. as we yeah. said this week. I don't like living in a cave. No. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even like living in a tent. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, right. Exactly. I lived in a camper for the last year, so I'm done with camping for a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us, um, how do you balance your life with work? It's difficult. Not gonna lie, um, especially being a, a startup, uh, two years is still pretty fresh for a company, and uh, a lot of your time when you get off the, especially being solo, when I get off the job, I go home and I start writing estimates and working till late at night. Um, thankfully, I have a family that understands what I'm trying to do for the for our family, and is there for me and supports me because theoretically, like, not even theoretically, 
almost certainly if you don't have your family supporting your your steps you're taking you're not going to succeed um, i'm a big believer in that so I, I i try to at least give my daughter a ride to school in the morning um put her to bed at night we do our family things on the weekends um, i try not to have my phone on me on the weekends i i, I do respond to some clients at, at some point in time uh, when it comes Saturday or Sunday but I like to just make sure I have those days um, holidays I definitely don't even touch it because I don't want to uh, I feel re disrespectful on holidays to do business so I try not to do business on holidays that's yeah. just what I've had uh, other than that I work as much as I can I hopefully when my daughter gets older and she wants to come on some jobs with me I will love to teach her how to go out because I I would love to have a second hand. My wife, when I get busy, she'll help me out. Um, but they, right now, they understand. I'm hoping within the next two to three years, I can finally do what everybody does and focus back on the work, family life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, I before I got into this back when I was in the trades, like it was really hard for me to even have any kind of family. Then I, I, I had my wife and my daughter, but I, I was working out of town, like. Every, I pretty much lived in other states. Uh, and I was only back on Saturdays and Sundays, and it made it very hard for a family bond, which this doing this is allowing me to do a bond mm -hmm. and also work, where before it was very difficult, stressful. I'm not going to lie. The trades can be stressful, but there is a big payout. Mm -hmm. There is. You got to be ready. That's mm -hmm. why starting young is so good because you're – you don't have a connection, or not a, I can't say connection, but a family bill, or like if you're right out of high school, you're not, in most cases, you're not going to have a wife and kid. So you can travel and learn new things and experience, which is where you make big money. I'm sure. not going to lie about that. You, you make good money in the trades, and traveling, you make more. Yep. And that's what you want nowadays. More money is more value, realistically. Yep. No, you're right. That's, I wish I could do more focused on the business at this juncture. But. Well, you're, you are just building a business, right? Exactly. I mean, they say it takes five years. Exactly. And when the five-year mark happens, you find out you either close shop, because that's usually what it is, right? or you've managed, right. and you well, can then go to the next level. Exactly. So you're still in that space. Right. And so... Um, and you know, if rate, you can hire on. And <laughs> so I think within five years, we are going to be where we want to be. Mm -hmm. And hiring on is hard now because people don't want to work or show up. Um, I've offered a lot of money just for an hour's worth of work for somebody to spray plants while I wash a roof, and they never showed up. And it's back when I was a kid, somebody offered me $5. Yeah, my dad would say, "Give that back. You're still going." <laughs> you know, it's like times have changed a lot. Mm -hmm. They really have. Yeah, definitely. But hopefully, it turns back around. I think necessity will cause it to turn it around. It will. People I, can't I it not will. go to work or live off the government or whatever their whatever their their reasons. I mean, survival. Causes not, I, people to change. Yeah, you know. Yeah, not everybody can be TikTok or YouTube famous either. Yeah, which is what a lot of people are trending for right now to be 
because yeah. they think it's easy. But that stuff's really, really difficult. Sure. I give those guys credit. There's like, I think separating life and work now is difficult. Though, like I've read some of their monetizing stuff, and you need content daily. Mm. Yeah. And you can't say no, mm-hmm. or you lose your contract. And that's mm-hmm. just kids at 12 years old sign that contract, and that's just not fair. There's no childhood there. Right. It's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Granted, they are millionaires now, but is that really worth it? Well, don't they say there's reward in hard work? So yeah. it's you know, there really is. It, it really is important that your family backs you. Yeah. So that that's oh, yeah, a big stress taken off already. Yeah. In that sense. For sure. Yeah. For sure. My, my daughters always tell me that there's a market for middle-aged man on TikTok. But I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I see all of the videos they send me. And, and they're middle, all young. Well, no, they're all middle-aged men doing oh, stupid yeah. things that I don't want to be known for. So. <laughs> He'll make money some other way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got a question for you. You've been talking a lot about um, your learning of the trades and the people you've watched and how you got to where you're at. Yeah. Uh, so this question is kind of towards that, but it might also be, you don't have to think in that vein. Okay. But my question is, is what or who has been the most valuable resource for you in your career or in your life to get you where you're at today? Um, but this is back to the, the wife and daughter. They're my biggest supporters. They're my push, mm-hmm. um, especially when I got injured and wasn't able to do a trade anymore. I was terrified um, that I couldn't provide for them anymore. Life just got real. I can no longer just go to my six to three job or and make money. I have to try to do something to be able to be successful because I don't want to let them down. Um, they are my moral support and the reason why I push so hard to be as successful as I am. That's good. Yeah, that's that's really my most important. I don't want to let people down, and failing is my biggest fear, so I refuse to fail. <laughs> that's all right not everyone tests well yeah. Don't, it's, it's not a mark of your success right yeah it's not a mark of success right yeah, yeah. i mean there's no. so much more no, with character and hard work yes, etc integrity that passed the mark right so when you were younger i mean you had influences in your life you had your grandfather your yeah, father, my grandfather my father that really like helped propel that probably right yeah my dad He's been in the trades for 49 years. Um, never missed a day of work. My grandfather, 85, and he's had his business since, I can't remember, way before me. And I don't think he's ever missed a day of work. Uh, so that taught me to never miss a day of work. Yep. And that's huge. Because, like, a lot of, once you, that guy I listened to the other day made a, uh, a live feed, and it was about excuses. And it was so true that it, it makes you, like, if you don't look at things that way, it makes you think. Because like, what he was basically saying was, was, you can do everything for yourself every day. And the minute you let an excuse in is the first step to not being successful at what you're trying to do, whether it's going on a swim or run, a walk, 
if you take if you do that every day and then you make an excuse to stop doing it you're gonna not do it again wow yeah. i mean how true is that right it's, it's, it's so true I, I tell my son it's deflating al almost every day you can make excuses or you can make progress but you can't make both no yeah no, you, even if there's days that you don't want to get out of bed, get you out of bed. Get out of bed. Like That's they the say, make step. like they say, make your bed yeah. because you did something that day. Right. It really helps with the spirit of exactly. Yeah, it's the first step to making your first like working out. People don't want to work who, who dedicate their lives to the gym, and a lot of professional bodybuilders say it. Like we wake up days that we don't want to come, and we have to push ourselves that much harder, and that's another workout for ourselves, getting us he ourselves here. Yeah, and it's so true on an everyday scale. The more you push yourself, the more you're going to succeed. Mm -hmm. And excuses are not what you should be living your life by. That's right. Because everything's hard. Mm -hmm. Everything you do is going to be hard. And the best part about completing a hard thing is the success you gain off doing it. I hate easy tasks. I really do. Well, isn't that how we learn the most, really? Yeah. Is through failure. Exactly. And pushing through something to get that goal. Right. And when you're done, what what... It's not feeling, but you know what? What would you say? It's it's what the feeling of accomplishment, I guess. Pretty I don't much. know how else no, to say it. I think that's where you were going. Yeah, and it, it is. It's a great feeling. Mm -hmm. At the end of every job, it's I'm satisfied. Yeah, but there's always something better that I can do. Even though the house is completed to 100 percent satisfaction, it just feel like I could have done something better. But then we go back to balance and work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking we might have to put like a warning on this one. Might be offensive to some <laughs> you know, you, listeners, right? It could be. It could be. Well, Gen you know are like, that's right. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> there's no reason that like there's nothing that should be taken as offensive. No. But well, these are be. principles. But these are principles. That no excuse thing for some people is is yeah, offensive. It is. Mm -hmm. It really is. It hurt my feelings. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, really. It's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings. It's meant to say... Get up and get a job, son. Go, let's go. Well, or start your own business. I start mean, your own business. My daughter just is, not house washing, okay? <laughs> no, that's fine. And if there is people out there who are just starting and need help, reach out to me. I, I will give you guidance. Like, I have a few guys down south who I consult with. I actually had one who just started up three months ago who I gave some great advice to when he called me two weeks ago and because of the information I gave him his client base tripled and he is making three times as much as what he was making before he called me wow. and there's nothing wrong with somebody being more successful than I am no there isn't like and that. you know what it's so true and what the cool thing is is that you're diversifying yeah you're finding in this and this could be encouraging to people listening so, the, you know, just maybe if they hear the thing about the excuses is what they need to hear. Right. Um, but you are diversifying your skills. And as you do it, you're, you're finding out who you are. Exactly. Because you came, you came from a whole different area. And a lot of people at this stage are reinventing themselves because of COVID. Right. And it's really encouraging to see that, you know, you have the ability to diversify and still make income. Right. So you are offering others come and help because there's plenty of houses. Yeah. I can't do them all. Right. And that's just one side of who you are, and that's part of why we're we're interviewing you. Right. Right. It's who are you? Not just about your business, but how did you get to where you are? How does the the qualities of leadership 
get here and how can some people learn from that yeah, to be successful I as well? Like, I feel like the amount of knowledge that I've taken the hundreds of hours to learn and retain and still learn to this day, I, I still watch videos and still touch base with all these guys down south that are running these big businesses who I, I, I just feel bad keeping all that to myself. Mm-hmm. Like there's people, I, I'm in a bunch of groups and I, I see guys who start up at the beginning of the year in Florida and stuff and now are selling their equipment because they didn't make it. That's That breaks my heart. It's it, the, like I ask myself, are they, are they quitting because they aren't pushing themselves hard enough or because they, they aren't in the numbers they want to reach when it's something that could be so simple to change? Advertising is the biggest thing. It is a huge expense, but it's the biggest thing. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to gain your business that you needed to go. Like my daughter, she's she's 10 or 11. Sorry, 11. She just started her own business. And she's actually doing super successful making homemade slimes and selling them. Uh, two weeks ago, she made like two or 300 bucks and just sells those custom slimes. <laughs> awesome. So it's all, it's all in your drive. And that's she started it. her own uh, Instagram and that's how she advertises it. And it's without even asking my advice. So she's already a better business owner than I am because she did it without any tips. In, in <laughs> well, product. she's watching you. Yeah, she is. She is. But it's like when you have a knowledge of something and she helps her friends build and make slides. When you have a knowledge, it's something that's so extensive. Share and, it. Exactly. A lot of guys will keep to themselves thinking that it benefits them. The biggest benefit is if, you, if, if I have 10 guys in the community washing houses with me, if we're all charging the same price, we're all going to be successful at that rate. We'll have people come in and do $100 houses. There's two things that are wrong with that. It kills the market and potentially damages the house or the property that they're doing because the people don't have uh, insurance. They don't have the um, coverage of costs that we have to do what we do successfully and or the knowledge. All that costs us money. Somebody coming in with a $100 ticket doesn't have that. And I will gladly take a person charging $100 for a week and show them how to do it so they can charge what I charge. Mm-hmm. And I would rather have that. So then, you know, we've spoken a lot here. I wonder if any of that would answer to some of the, this next question. Um, what's next for you and your business? Um, I hope to keep going. Growing is a, a big part. I would love to add another truck. Um, probably, definitely not this year. I'm still trying to get the kinks worked out and everything set up the way that I want it to be as smooth as, as fast as possible. Hopefully next year I'll be able to get a second truck going. Um, I've recently dabbled in the YouTube thing. Do not just not for monetizing really, more for educational purposes for guys starting out. Um, that's not easy to do. I'm still trying to learn that um, as far as doing the instructionals and what people want to see when they're video when, when I video and so they don't get bored with what they're watching. Um, I can sit down and watch a 45 minute video of a guy washing a house because I want to know every step beginning to end. Not everybody can do that. So I want to make it so I can pick up more of a education at a faster process. Um, but other than that, just continue being successful keep growing keep raising clientele and that's pretty much helping the community 
try to do what I can. Mm-hmm. Good. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. Know. I mean, you're you're just starting too, so that's yeah. just a, a really valid goal. What advice would you give your younger self? So if I could go back and talk to myself, I would not change anything. Uh, some people would. Some people would tell them to invest in certain things, to be wealthy by the time that they're our age. To me, I would just tell them to keep going, keep pushing, because when you hit where I'm at now, you're going to be happy. You're going to be, for what you fought for and what you did in life, it's very rewarding. I wouldn't change it. Just stay the course, though. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Just keep going at the same rate. You're doing good. Just don't give up. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best advice. I'm yeah. not one for changing the past or the future if I was ever option, because I don't think I ever would. With that, you learned that from Back to the Future, right? Yeah, that pretty was, much. <laughs> that was dark. Brian doesn't want to know about the yeah. future. Well, it's change terrifying. Knowing yeah. you could change something, it's 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 all to the course of history. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Step on a bug. Yeah, and you could change everything. <laughs> Not a fan of that. Not a fan of that. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to to talk with us. Yes. Um, we're gonna put your information in the show notes. Okay. But if people are listening right now, how can they get in touch with you? You can call me at eight zero two three seven. 01402 or the com. We're also on Facebook at Waterboy House Washing and I have an Instagram, Waterboy House Washing. Uh, and YouTube is also the same tag. All, the, all those ways you can get a hold of me. Uh, a lot of people message me through Facebook because I, I it's easier that way, but I do answer my phone, so please call. If not, uh, leave me a message, I will call you back. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty and he does. Uh, that's how I got in touch with you was through Facebook. You yep. responded very quickly, and uh, I would highly recommend his services if you're looking to get your house clean. Uh, it's it's a fantastic. You know, it brings up the value. It looks good. Smells and, good. And it smells fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We also do windows too. Just to get that out there. Windows and dryer vents. We also do. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, get that yeah, out. Yeah, my there. apple scent is is the best thing I ever did. Yeah, so you, <laughs> so you, it you smell like oh, you, I can't take it. Yeah, you yeah. cleaned our building last September, and uh, for about two weeks, it's just like I just want to go out in the woods and <laughs> yeah. take my gun for a walk. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what that smell brings to my mind. And being so. a hunter, when I'm spraying it in October, it's like I really would rather be in the woods right now. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe the deer will come. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It was I, great to I talk with you. It. This is great. Well, Carmen, we are back. And what do you think of that story? Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm amazed at his uh, positivity and his ability to just get up and, and go because it's, because, well, not to be negative, but just because he had to. Right. But um, he wants to do good. For everybody, you he, know? He does. He has that mindset of uh, not holding back, the, 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 this generous mindset that it's okay if you learn what I'm learning and it's okay if you make what I make. Exactly. And and just so willing to share because he benefited from it. Yeah. And, and he wants to pass it off and he's not looking to make the money. Although, 
he might want to diversify and make money, but um, he that's wants okay. to pay his bills. Well, yeah, <laughs> and it will come because for the sheer fact that he's good. Yeah, and it will develop and and organically come about. But he's not looking for that. He wants to just help people. If you've ever been around the trades, you know that some of the men or women, I'm not trying to, to genderify this, but if you work in the trades, not everybody has that same mindset of a, of a, they call, I guess they call it a wealth mindset or, you know, where there's enough for everybody. Um, some guys or some girls won't be so quick to show you the secrets of the trade. They might not want to show you the best way of doing it, uh, but that's not his mindset. And so it's refreshing. It is refreshing because he's really looking out for his client, as he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, because it's the right thing to do, and that's what he's after. I, I heard a, a story of a farmer who um, he grows corn and, and he, he wins prizes at the county fair or whatever. This was many, many years ago. Uh, but so somebody went and watched how he did his corn how he grew his corn and one of the things that they noticed was that he gave seeds to the farmers around him and they asked him why he was sharing the wealth like that if he was out to try to get the best corn why he was sharing the corn and he explained it in this in that there's such a thing as cross-pollination Right, And if your neighbor has lesser corn than you, then it's going to affect your corn later on. Oh, and so to keep his strand the best, he wanted to keep the best corn around him. Huh. That's, yeah. that's a, you know, that's like a concept too, where when you're a leader, you don't have all the gifts you need to do your job. So what do you really, what do you do? The mark of a good leader actually surrounds themselves with people that are actually better than them. That's true. And it is true. I yep. mean, it's true of presidents, of CEOs. They can't do these things, but they know who can and who can help with the vision and the goals. And um, and that's so why that you're sitting. Sense. That's why you're sitting here next to me, Carmen. Right? Why? Be why? Because I want somebody better than me. No, that's why you're running all the buttons over there, and I just get to sit and talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's yeah, that's good. It is good. Yeah. So that's his mindset and... Uh, Lessons learned here. It is. All right. Well, let us know what you think. You could email us at talkofthetownvtpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call and leave a message, 802-858-5534. Yeah, we encourage you to get in touch with us to let us know how wonderful of a job we're doing, how much you love this podcast and you can't get enough of it. <laughs> you want to hear more stories of, of corn and farmers? <laughs> or snowflakes. <laughs> or snowflakes, yeah. Not those snowflakes, but the ones that fall from the sky or the ones that are down there at the corner of Jericho Center. <laughs> Snowflake Bentley. Yeah. Yep. That'd be a great one. It will be when we get there. When we so, get there. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for um, those people who have been part of this. We're enjoying this, and we can't wait to hear from you. Yes. Till next time. Bye.